FBA Profit Show with your hosts Subi and Leland. Did you know there are a few things you cannot buy on Amazon? Full-size homes, cars, cigarettes, and live animals are some things you might have to leave your house to purchase. Hi, welcome to FBA Profits. My name is Leland. I'm Zubi. Hi, Zubi. Hey, Leland. How are Today, you? Today, I'm doing great. Thanks. Today, we continue our how-to series. Uh, this one's how to keepa, 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 keepa. It's all about keepa. We're going to tackle some more details, get into the nitty gritty. Last time, and you can go back and listen to it or watch it. High level overview of this amazing tool. But now we're going to move into really using it, getting to the nuts and bolts. Uh, so if you want to take it from there, the floor is yours. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So I think um, we went on, like, like you said, last last episode we went over some you know very uh, basic and stuff that the functionality that Keepa has today we're going to be talking about um, the three uh, th there's five major data points that we look at when we when we decide when we do our research trying to determine whether we're going to purchase a product or not uh, on this episode we'll talk about three of them and on the next episode we'll talk about the other two um, and it's because they kind of go together. These three are going to go together. The other two are going to go together. And then you can use all five of them as in, as one. Um, but basically, um, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the, um, the, the, the variability of the sales chart. In other words, the new third-party FBA and the buy box sales data that uh, Keepa provides in their sales, in their graph. Uh, we're going to talk about the variability of that and why that's important. We're going to talk about a baseline of that, uh, which is the number two item um, of the sales data and why that's important. And then we're going to talk about the new offer count um, and how um, you know that sort of kind of correlates with uh, the price points and, and why that's uh, sort of ancillary, but important to gauge to see if um, you should be purchasing this product or not. So, um, and then... In the next episode, we'll talk about uh, a little bit more about the sales rank, and then we'll get into the review count um, and how to really use the review count to determine, uh, come up with more accurate estimates of velocity uh, for any uh, product. So uh, jumping in, um, if you we're gonna uh, we're gonna be using a specific ASIN. Um, this is this is an ASIN that was part of uh, one of our past uh, leads list. And uh, I think it's a decent graph for us to use. So the ASIN is um, Bravo 08, Bravo 5, uh, George 3, Nancy X-Ray Tango. Uh, I went from... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was I'm, I'm, not military base. And if, you're, if you want to look this up, I mean, you can also within the description, that ASIN will be there. And if you're following along at home and you don't want to click on the description, Thrive Cosmetics Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner in Lauren Black Matte. One of your personal favorites, right? I use it every day. There we go. Yes. But you, yeah, you can pull this up. And if you have Keepa activated and ready to go, you can actually scroll down mid-page and you'll be able to see the graph. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to be able to see that graph live as we talk about it too. So, yes. Yeah. And um, so... We're going to be, um, we're recording this on, on May 30th. So we're looking at uh, data from the inception of this 
of this graph or of this product on Amazon until May 30th. Uh, when it goes live, you know, or when you're listening to it or watching the video, it's going to be a different time frame. So the numbers might not make sense if you look at the whole thing, but you can always zoom in on the graph up to the date that we are recording, which is May 30th, 2021. And you'll be able to follow the details exactly. And to zoom in, you just highlight uh, the from the date that you want to zoom in from all the way to the date, to the last date that you want to zoom in. And I will just zoom you right in. All right. So with that said, um, we're going to jump in here and... We'll talk about, um, initially, we'll, we'll just do the three-month uh, chart, uh, which is from March 1st uh, till about May 30th. And we're only looking, so the only items that are that are clicked are the new third-party FBA, the buy box, and then on the, gra on the bottom graph, the new offer count. Now, the first thing that you look at or we look at, and again, this the, the disclaimer wasn't there, but this is what we use and, and how we do it. This is not the gospel. This is not the end all be all. There's a lot of different ways to do it. So that's that's out of the way. Um, one of the one of the things that I look at first and foremost when I'm doing research and just looking at the sales data is how what's what's the variability of this chart. In other words. Are the prices going up and down, or uh, is there is there a curve in in the graph uh, while you know from from the historical data from whenever I'm looking at it all the way until today? And the more variability there is, the more I like that product because it's telling me that there's going to there's consistently sales, and when there are less when, when sale when there's less sellers and and there you know they're not there's not too many people trying to lowball each other, even at higher prices it sells. So for this one, I'm looking um, at this from you know March 1st through May 30th. You can see that right in the beginning of March, this item was selling in the high 40s. And then um, towards the middle of March, it went up to the mid to, to high 60s, uh, you know, $68 in, uh, on March 14th. And then it came down to 66 and then 49 and 39, 47. Um, and it just sort of tapered off at, up until recently where in May, it started going back up to 42, 49. And it even sold up to $65 just a few days ago. So I like this because there is, you know, within a three month period, if I had purchased this and um, I was profitable at say, you know, 50% profit at $45, I would have gotten a very good return on this because it would have definitely sold at 45. Chances are it would have sold in the high 60s as well or mid 60s or somewhere in between. So I like the fact that there is this variability uh, and, and movement on the graph of the sales data. The second thing I want to look at is the baseline for it. The baseline for this, and just sort of eyeballing it, and you know, we're not we're not doing exact calculations, but it, it, the baseline for me, I mean, it looks like it's in the low to mid 30s. Um, you know, it, it was selling at about 29.99 um, for third-party FBA and buy box sometime in early May. It was selling at 33 dollars um, uh, for uh, in April. Um, and uh, 39 to low 40s in, uh, in March. 
which to me tells me, all right, so I'm going to look at $30 as my base, you know, because that's the lowest it has sold over the last three months. And if you expand it to uh, the all tab, which is the 345 days this uh, product has been on Amazon, that $30 is actually the lowest price it has sold ever. So, you know, that, that kind of the $29.99 is a really low baseline. But if, if I am not, um, if, I, if I'm still profitable, even if it's not at the ROI I'm looking at, that's my, my risk tolerance, right? So if I can, if I'm purchasing this for uh, $12 uh, or $15 and at $30, I'm whatever, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's say I'm 10% ROI on it. Um, I'm perfectly happy with that because I'm not going to be selling it at $30, but Worst case scenario happens, this product has never sold below $29.99. So that's my baseline. And that's the, the, that's the baseline that I got to work with. Um, in as far as, let's just say that instead of $29.99, which lasted from May 2nd through May 20th. So for you know three weeks, it was selling at that price. Um, let's say that lasts for three months and I really need to get my capital back out because I found other really good products and I don't want to sit on this for too long. If I've got 10% ROI at, at $30, I can sell it at that price, no problem. It's it's obvious you can sell it uh, based on this graph. Um, more, more than likely, this you know the baseline on this is somewhere in the mid-30s, uh, low to mid-30s. Um, and, and that's, to me, that's a very good indication of what is my um, lowest uh, risk factor on this on this product? What, what's the lowest price I can sell it on? And if it is somewhere in the 30s, and in the 30s I am profitable on it, plus there is variability in the sales data. In other words, it's not always just a straight line. It is moving up and down, up and down, and there are months um, and weeks, or there there's definitely times where for weeks on end or days on end, it jumps significantly and there's still sales. It's not like there's a gap between the, you know, it's selling at $33 and then there's a gap for two weeks and there's no sales up above $33 and then somebody else comes in at 33 and sales starts happening. That's not a good product because we want the product to be selling at a higher price as well when the when the lower price ones uh, run out of inventory and this product looks like it's doing that so which can, it's going to make you mind if I, I hate to interrupt you mind if i ask a question in this process here of course and i know you were right in the middle of mid-sentence so i apologize so i i get so we're looking at the little the little dorito uh chips there and so when they're overlapping they're connected that's a really good sign and i get looking at the baseline a, a bottom the minimum amount that it's been selling for to sort of gauge what the risk is based on what you're buying it for. And the closer your buy price to that minimum, the more danger you're running into. But if we could step back to the volatility, you say you like volatility. And that's not usually a statement people like when they're looking at graphs and charts, especially with like sales or forecasting, they usually want something flat or something going up. So can you take a moment? Like, do we want to look at something that's flat? Doesn't that indicate consistency or should we be leery of things that are actually going up because like in 
the markets, the stock market, the crypto markets, all that stuff, something's going up, either it's really going to keep going or you're heading for the opposite direction. So can you talk to those real quick? Because volatility is just up and down. So you're saying, hey, when I see the chaos there, it gives me a good feeling. I look at the bottom for the bottom of it, and then you jump in. But there will be other versions of the graph that people will see. Yes. So and and for me, the the key to this is that bottom, right? The volatility needs to be above the baseline, and the baseline needs to be a level where we are comfortable with that risk, um, selling it at that price. Um, so, if you look at a at a chart at a graph of a product that is straight, it sells at thirty nine ninety nine every single time. Nothing else is happening. I don't like that that uh, graph uh, for for a few different reasons. One is if it's that consistent, it generally means there's either one large seller, usually if it's a third party seller, they have an exclusivity contract um, with the brand or it's the brand itself or it's Mm -hmm. Amazon. Um, And because volatility uh, means competition. Mm -hmm. Uh, When there is no volatility, that means there is no competition or there's very little competition. And, you know, selling it at that exact same price if you and I and two other people were selling the same product and we're competing against each other, we're, there's going to be volatility in in that pro, in the price of that product over time. Um, it, we're not, you know, for the most part, especially if the, this one had currently has six sellers, but at one point it had as many as 23 sellers. So, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into that. But the more, you know, when you have that many sellers um, and it's selling uh, at the exact same price, that's scary. Now, usually you don't, it doesn't sell at a straight line if you have, you know, six, seven, 10, 20 different sellers because of competition. Um, So the straight line, I don't like um, because of of the reason I just mentioned, but that straight line, if there is a straight line and then there's volatility above that straight line, that's what I like because that straight line becomes the, the, the baseline. Uh, It becomes the bottom of the bottom sell price of that product over however long period we're, we're analyzing. Yep. Um, and that I like. Well Did said. Did answer your question? Absolutely, perfect, yep. Excellent. Um, and then um, if you look at this graph specifically, the baseline that we're talking about at $29.99, it is a third-party FBM baseline, which is even, you know, it, it, it's a, it gives me a much better feeling about re- selling this product FBA. Because during that time when the prices were $29.99 being sold by third-party um, FBA, uh, third-party FBA, um, they weren't getting the buy box. They were getting, you know, it was so- selling outside of the buy box. The buy box was a lot higher than that. So it, it's, it's actually, you know, if you can get the buy box, you can sell it at higher than, than $29.99. So, um, it's, you know, that that could be seller fulfilled prime. It could have been many different reasons why it's selling, you know, third party players are getting it. Um, and that that actually gives you a better hope or better, uh, uh, more, more comfort in purchasing this product because the even though the third party FBA was at $29.99 at that baseline, at that time, let's just look at May 9th, um, the buy box was $39.99. So if you had the buy box, you're getting it at $39.99. So, and if you're shipping it at FBA and you're winning the buy box, you know, that's even, it's much higher than your baseline. And if baseline was okay, then you're definitely okay at $10 above that. So 
that's you know in 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 essence when when you're looking at this top graph of a keepa and you're just looking at the sales data if you can if you can feel comfortable with the baseline and you see volatility going up and down above that baseline it's a good product as long as there's sufficient data points um, you don't want to i mean th this product i like because there's you can see that you know there, there's a lot of these triangles and squares throughout the history of this product, which means it sells a lot. Um, if you look at the BSR at 68,991 currently, it's a, it's a very good BSR for the category that it is, you know, in the beauty and personal care um, category, there's a lot of products. Um, so this sells really, really well. Now let's look at the third factor uh, for this episode specifically, which is the new offer count. The new offer count is on the bottom graph of the Keepa chart. Um, we just, we're just gonna click that and nothing else on that bottom chart so we can see. And if you just hover over March 1st, um, you will see that on March 1st, there were, hmm. uh, mine doesn't show it. Yeah, my, I'm zoomed out here, hold on. Let's... Let me zoom out too, yeah. It's, it's right on the edge. <laughs> Got to expand it out, I think, yeah. yeah. Just go to all and it'll show up. So on March 1st, you will see there's nine new offer counts. It means that there's nine sellers um, on this product. Now, going back to, you know, if you, if you look at it with nine sellers, it was selling at around uh, 44 to $48. Um, third party FBA was 44.66, buy box was 47.99. And then as the, as the sellers ran out, um, so if you look at uh, March 16th, there's only two offers now. Uh, four people ran out of, was it nine? Uh, seven people ran out of their uh, inventory. And in between that time, when on March 11th, there's only one offer, the buy box was $48 on March uh 11th later on that day there's three offers and the buy box has gone up to 6589 mm. because the sellers ran out and whoever is left now they're not competing with as many and if they have a repricer the repricer goes to their max um, or if they're doing it manually they price up um, and they're selling at 6589 all the way through and then if you look at uh from march 7th from march uh 16th you can see that the, that the new offer count increases. More sellers are coming in. People, 10 sellers on March 20th, 21st, and then you have uh, 17 by March 26th. And as new sellers come, the price drops mm -hmm. because competition is kicking in and there's going to be volatility on that price. Uh, on, on, there's, a, there's a price war, uh, basically. You know, the, the whoever's willing to sell it at the lowest ROI is going to, is going to win the buy box for the most part. Um, and this continues. Um, if you look into April 10th, there's 23 sellers and it's buy boxes at 32.99, almost half of what it was back in March when there was only two sellers or three sellers on there. And then as you move along that graph, sales, uh, the new offer count drops down to 13, 11, 10, and, you know, new, new third-party FBAs at $29.99. Buy box is selling on May 13th at $57. Mm. 
And that's mainly because that new third-party FBA is, is not, um, it, it's uh, merchant fulfilled most likely. And they're not getting the buy box because they haven't shifted in. Um, uh, they haven't shipped it into FBA or their um, seller fulfilled prime. Uh, but for whatever, whatever other reasons there might be, they're not always getting the buy box and the buy box is at much higher price going through there. And this is the, this is the best part of it. As you go down and, and the seller count, the new offer count drops, May 21st, there's only six offers. The lowest price goes up to $42. The buy box is almost at $50. And as the offer count drops, prices go up. Um, and this is going to continue. Um, it's going to continue. And if you, if you expand out to all 345, you can see new offer count from the beginning. It was only one person in June 27th. And it got up to 37 sellers in September 28th. And then it dropped down to four people on January 4th. So there's volatility. There's a lot of sellers that are coming in and then they're selling out of their products. And so they're, they're getting dropped out. By the time they ship more products in, the prices go up again. And so you can see the volatility is there. You can see that there is sellers coming in and, go, and running out of stock, which means they're selling out. So there's a lot of action and momentum and buying going on in this product. And during the whole time, just visually looking at it, you can see that baseline, that baseline of, you know, just looking at the all um, 345 days uh, view. For me, this kind of, this looks like the, my baseline is going to be in the high thirties um, for, from the inception till now. Granted this month, uh, it dropped down to 29.99, but it's the first time it's dropped down this low ever. Um, the, the lowest before that was like $31 back in, and just like one for, for a day even, uh, back in August of last year, last year. So these three factors um, are good indicators that will tell us, hey, is this a good product to purchase? For me, I like to see the fact that there's volatility, that there's a baseline where I'm comfortable selling it at, um, at worst case scenario. And then there's volatility above that baseline, which is where if I'm willing to wait for that $65 level, it might take two months, three months, four or five months. But if I'm willing, if I have the capital and I'm willing to sit on it, it becomes a long tail inventory, but I can get 150% ROI on it. Then it's this, this has that possibility. This product has that possibility to get a really high ROI on it. Um, and if I'm not, I can, I can, there's a lot of velocity in this. There's a lot of sales going on. So I can actually, if I have access to this product and I can continuously reorder it, I can sell it at a, at a lower ROI, 40%, 30%, 20% ROI, whatever that might be, but I just keep on churning it. It's just, it's just cash flow. Just keep churning it. And, you know, if you can flip this product I don't know, once a month, uh, you're, you're doing amazing, um, you know, depending on how many units you're purchasing. And then seeing the fact that new offer count goes up, new offer down comes down, new offer down goes up, comes down, which means sellers coming in, running out, coming in, running out. That's a very good indication for me that this is a good product. Because even at the height of it, when there was 37, 38 different sellers, it was selling really well. And those people ran out within three months um, and the new offer count dropped significantly. So 
the idea behind the research on whether you're going to purchase something or not, one of the key factors to determining, you know, how many you're going to purchase is going to be, am I going to be left holding the bag on this product? Am I going to be stuck holding this for eight months, nine months? Uh, because, you know, somebody, one seller is coming in and undercutting everybody. In this case, that's not the case. In this, on this product, there is no one seller that can sell it below what most other people's can, most other sellers can sell it because we can see that the sellers are running out on a consistent basis of their inventory. So this is a very good product to purchase. Initially, you know, do a test run on it. And then as you see and your own data on your own seller central account and you see what, the, what your velocity is, then you can put it into the flywheel. You can start increasing your numbers um, and really benefit from having found a product that is, you know, potentially very, could be a very successful product for you, especially if you, you're profitable at 30 or $35 on it. Just to add to this, too. I think this is a great example for some who are just jumping into this or maybe trying a different product. You might, and this just happened to somebody I'm working with where they bought a bulk of um, a certain uh, product and got it in and none of it sold. And what was selling was a third of what the numbers were when they got it. And so if that were to happen in this case, and maybe you made the decision when it was at one of those peaks at what, 60, you know, 50. And uh, it takes a, a week for it to get to where you need it to go. And maybe another week for it to go to get ready for Amazon on your seller central account. Um, and it did that dip, that bottom graph becomes sort of your playbook for, is it safe to hold and for how long? So pulling the ripcord in this case would have been a big mistake to say, it's not going at 60. I'll take my losses. I'm going to cut it. I bought it a little too expensive. I'll learn my lesson. That bottom bottom graph volatility allows you to hold for a month, for two months, maybe potentially what you're talking about. Hey, the other sellers are running out in three months. I know I can hold the line, maybe not at 60, because the top graph shows us that 60 was one or, one or two times, maybe an oddity, but definitely somewhere in that 40 to 50 range, you can potentially hold and be okay. If you're mid-30s, you're going to be even better. So you can start playing with that math of let me get my repricer set up to be ready at 35, have the alert ready, it starts selling, and then you can go back here and look, how many people am I competing with? Oh, it's just me? I can really push it up. Oh, there's three of us? I don't mind being at 35, but maybe I can go to 37 and still get the same traction. So you can begin to have that fun with it, but certainly this, this is a great example of the cycle is fairly tight, three months. The danger is not so great, and you can probably hold and be okay. Yes, it's a, that's an excellent point. Um, and if you are a more seasoned um, seller or have a more advanced AI repricer, there are repricers that are velocity based or sales based, yeah. where you can, you know, if if you start selling ten percent of your inventory, then your min price automatically increases. Um, and then it waits for it to hit there. And then once you start selling more inventory, whatever your predefined number is, then it increases your price again. Yep. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different, um, you know, techniques or tools out there that you, that, that you can automate this process with. Um, but I think that, that I, that's I, for I a different day. That. That's for a whole different day. Yeah. That's uh... so just to recap, these two graphs, 
are packed full of information that you can do a quick flyby and get some information. And then you can slowly take your time and look at some numbers and start. I wouldn't, it's not any deep math. You're not doing any major calculations, but in your head, you can start running some numbers to understand, Hey, is this worthy of me to go to that next step? And I think that's what we're trying to discuss is how, how rich the data is in Keepa for you to move that decision-making process quickly so you can move on. To, so if you're working off a list, this one, you're going to spend some time to now, maybe it is time to start running ROI numbers and where can you get it from? And can you do a coupon or can you get a cash back? And, um, you know, maybe in the future, we'll show a couple of dogs that might be a little hard to do only because we don't want to disparage anybody. And we certainly don't want to, um, you know, focus on the negative, but, uh, a lot of deep, rich information just from two graphs to help your decision-making process by looking at what are the sales doing. Zuby likes the volatility, and that was pretty clear. So thank you for explaining that. Um, you're looking at your baseline sales to understand what the margin, that, that minimum amount that you can really uh, sell it for and what the risk would be around it. And then looking at the new, uh, new offer count and what that means. Yes. And, and you know, this is... Um... I think just visually, it's very, it, it, it can help you get a better feel for it. And the more you do it, the more in tune you will get with the Keepa graph. It's, it, it really is um, an amazing tool, not just for people who want to dive, dive deep into it, but, you know, if, if you don't have, and, and I think I hit on this on the last episode, if you don't have too much time and you just want to just, hey, is this, does this look like a good product? What are the, the, the key things you're looking for? you're looking for a lot of the, these data points, a lot of the triangles and the squares, which means that there's a lot of sales going on on this. Um, and you're looking for a baseline that you can say, all right, so this kind of looks like it's um, usually selling at $35. You put that in inventory lab or whatever tool you're using, put your cost in there and say, hey, at $35, if I sell it, am I profitable? What's my ROI? Um, and if you're comfortable with that return, then, you look at your, then you're like, okay, th this, this makes perfect sense. You're seeing that the volatility is above that baseline, which means that it does sell at a much higher prices. You're seeing the, the uh, new offer count is fluctuating and, and it's volatile, which means people are running out of stock. Um, and for me, usually if I'm only purchasing 20, 30, 40 units of something um, as, as a test case, that's enough. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to try this out because it has passed that initial sort of cursory, but, um, but uh, detailed review. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's not, it's not, you're not guessing. You've actually taken data into account to make a decision of testing out a product. And I agree. So you've cleared a couple of hurdles. And if, uh, and I think what you're starting to touch on is, okay, now I have to start thinking about how many to buy. And if you've enjoyed and got something from this podcast, we invite you to listen to the next one, which is uh, our part three in the how-to. Um, so uh, thank you, Zuby, for part two on on uh, walking through this. Yes, thank you. And uh, like you said, next the next one we'll try to figure, talk about exact numbers and, and how many what what numbers are selling and whatnot. So we'll get there. Thanks, Zuby. Thank you. Thank you for listening to FBA Profits. Visit us at our website www.fbaprofits.us for more details like our Facebook group and Twitter for timely news and events.